computers are live, mixers up, levels are good, equalizers good, ready channels one and two. Mike is live in three, two, one, roll it. Welcome listeners to the My Practice My Business podcast, where we teach dentists and their teams how to reclaim forgotten profitability in dentistry with our clinical business of dentistry training. And now, the host of our show, the clinical director at My Practice My Business, Dr. Rob Thorup. Welcome back, podcast listeners. It's Dr. Rob with My Practice My Business. And today's topic is this one. Doctor, who is your competition? Question mark. Like many of you, I started my practice from scratch right after breathing a sigh of relief when the Western Regional Board results arrived. I sought the advice of successful dentists in the area where I wanted to set up my dental practice, and I have to credit those that helped me by saying that they did well getting me off to a healthy start. Uh, there's a Dr. Gerald Bozeman that gave me a lot of information. Brian Smith, uh, boy, I'll tell you, these... These two docs really helped me a ton in getting started, and uh, Roger Warren, who's an endodontist, very, very grateful for those three mentors in my life. But I have to tell you, there was another one, another doc that I thought would give me some really good information on how to get started. But uh, as I talked with him, uh, he discouraged me like crazy. He said, Rob, if you try to start your practice from scratch, I can guarantee that you'll be bankrupt in a year. That became a personal challenge to me. I couldn't believe that this individual that I really admired and looked up to just literally pounded me. There are, there are so many areas in the state of Utah and Nevada and Idaho, Wyoming, um, Washington, uh, Montana, Arizona, New Mexico. There's tons of areas in these states that if you don't want to be in the metropolis, if you go out to this to areas where there's growing population, but it's more out in the country, my goodness, you can hang your shingle and you can do very well in those areas. There was one constant, though, that I continued to hear over and over that I never quite believed, thanks to the business teachings of my dad. It went something like this. Rob, there's a lot of dentists in Salt Lake City. And all of those dentists are competing for patients. You have to be careful where you set your fees. Or your patients, they'll leave you for the dentist down the road because of price. And that really struck me uh, quite hard. Because from day one, I never took that advice. From nine years of age, when I was nine years old and on, I watched customers choose different grades of batteries for their vehicles uh, and at my dad's battery company. My dad owned a, a battery company that literally we carried and installed batteries from motorcycles all the way up to the huge earth movers that you find out at like Kennecott Corporation with, with the open mine pit out there. And uh, the battery company was well known for quality and service. And not so much price when it came to our retail customers. Now, we were a wholesale distributor at the time, but we also sold retail to customers who drove in. And in people, lots of companies, big corporations, uh, bought batteries from us because we were a wholesaler. But the retail customers were fun. 
People with dead vehicle batteries could go down the street to like auto parts store, Sears, places like that, and purchase batteries at lower prices. And some did. Uh, but most maintained loyalty to my dad's battery company because of those two things, quality and service. And most customers would choose the higher-grade, more expensive batteries for their vehicles when they understood the differences in the grades of batteries and simply given a choice. You see, not all car batteries are created equal. The plates down inside that gives the battery its power, its cold-cranking power to turn that engine over, uh, depends on how many plates are in the battery and the thickness of the uh, plates. And, uh, and that cold-cranking amperage is, like, mission-critical. Uh, but, and when we would explain to the, con- the customer, the consumer, what those differences were, many of them, almost all of them, chose the better batteries. It was amazing. Um, but it, 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 it was not the what in their decision-making that intrigued me, not what the battery is about. It was why they would make their purchase decision why they chose it. We just had a recent uh, interesting situation uh, with uh, a couple of oral surgery offices we have here in town. I referred a patient to uh, two different oral surgery offices. And at the oral surgery office number one, let's call it, uh, the patient went there and the patient needed a couple sinus lifts and four implants. And and, uh, they, they went there to office number one where the doc is very good, very skilled uh, oral surgeon, and and gave the uh, patient the treatment plan out of the practice management software with codes, descriptions, and fees. Okay, and the treatment plan. Let's just say the treatment plan for all those services was about twelve thousand dollars, and but the doctor discounted, it gave the patient a discount, my patient a, a discount. And the total treatment plan was just under $9,000, almost a $3,000 discount. So my patient, who, who happens to uh, be in cells and has been in cells all of his life, he said to the oral surgeon, why are you discounting, why are you giving me such a big discount on your services? And the oral surgeon said, it's because there's so many oral surgeons in this valley, they're on every corner. And he goes, I want to make sure that that you come to me and I get to do the procedure, and that I get the income source. I want to make sure that I do everything in my power to do that. And the patient said, okay, thank you so much, and felt really good about that oral surgeon. Then he went to oral surgeon number two. Oral surgeon number two gave him a treatment plan with codes, descriptions, and fees, and gave him, uh, and, and the treatment plan cost for the sinus lifts and the four implants was uh, about came in at about fifteen thousand dollars, fifteen thousand dollars, three thousand dollars more, and the difference was is oral surgeon number two gave the patient that Disney experience that we always talk about, the um, just the way the office protocols were set up, and most importantly, gave him documents on PRF and on Strawman implants and why they wanted to use those two products and, and, uh, and procedure, the products, uh, the Strawman products, and the procedure of, of using PRF in the sinus lift and doing a vertical lift and, 
and the differences uh, that there are out there and the types of, of sinus lifts they can give. And that oral surgeon number two uh, discounted his work slightly, slightly, and said, you know, because you're a patient of Dr. Thorup's and we, we uh, work with him, he gave him a slight discount, but hardly anything, okay? So here's what was really interesting. Oral surgeon number one discounted down to like eight grand, I believe it was, eight, nine grand, somewhere in that range. Oral surgeon number two, it was going to be uh, about $14,000, significantly more money, as I recall, is what it was. So don't, you know, sit there and do the math on me. All I remember is it was way more expensive to go oral surgeon number two, and I can't remember the total fees for everything. And the patient called me and said, you know, which one should I do? And I said, well, both surgeons will do a great job. And I said, you need to go with the surgeon that you feel good about, who gave you good information and, and explained everything to you well. And oral surgeon number two did the better job. Very, very interesting. So when we talk about um, who our real competition is, it's not, it, in that situation, it was almost like, okay, Rob, well, now it is doctor-to-doctor competition. But it wasn't the two doctors that were the competition. What we found out in, when I was talking with him, he's going to Hawaii with his wife. And the oral surgeon number two was almost $5,000 more expensive to go to him than oral surgeon number one. And so they were looking at going to Hawaii right away, okay? And both oral surgeons did a good presentation, and he went with the more expensive oral surgeon because he studied the types of implants that he was going to receive. That was a key factor, okay? And it became a business decision for him. It became corporate America for him, both in the purchasing process and in competing with his discretionary funds to have the procedure done because what he had to do with his wife is put off their trip to Hawaii for uh, a few more months so that he could recapture the money that the extra money that he would be spending at oral surgeon number two. If he went to oral surgeon number one, they'd be gone to Hawaii in a couple months. If he went with oral surgeon number two, it was going to be about six to seven months before they went to Hawaii. That is who the competition became, not between each other, because he obviously didn't go with the less expensive oral surgeon. And both these guys, I know them well, and they both do excellent work. Isn't that interesting? Doctor, who really is your competition? Most would have you believe it's other dentists, and it's not. If a patient has a choice between a dirty, rundown, low-tech practice and one that's clean, modern, then I would say yes. Uh, one practice definitely has a competitive advantage over the other one, and that becomes a competition between the two. But all factors uh, being pretty equal, our primary competition in dentistry is actually non-dental businesses that compete for our patients' discretionary dollars. Every form of corporate America advertising that prevents our patients from spending their money on oral health is a direct loss to dentistry. 
And the competition for our patients' dollars usually begins right when they leave our office, regardless of how spectacular our dental case presentation is or not. So why does that patient, who is also a consumer, (laughs) choose oral health care over other wants and needs? And how do we realistically and effectively compete for our patients' funds? We do what every other business does. This is what we have to be trained in. This is what we have to accept. This is what we have to get over ourselves on. It's an old business marketing principle. We help them understand the why, why they need dental treatment. When our patients understand the why, and that word why is in quotations, they are more likely to become emotionally attached to their needed treatment. And they're more willing to choose dental treatment over other purchases. The treatment documents that are found in my dental docs are product and procedure specific. They're branded to your patient and they're branded to your practice. Most importantly, they teach the why they need oral health care. Now, I'm not here to sell you the patient education case presentation system called My Dental Docs that our company has. I'm here to teach you why it's becoming more and more important today than ever to give your patient documents that contain more than just codes, descriptions, and fees. And for heaven's sakes, if you don't use My Dental Docs, you've got to create something like it. You've got to create one-offs on products that you use, procedures that you do. If you want to spend that time doing it yourself, go for it. This is so funny. I, I, I hesitate when I started talking about this because you've heard me talk about there are books written about the power of the purse, okay? But when our patients go home, they need to be able to either remember why they needed dental care or they need to be able to explain that needed dental care to the financial decision maker in the home. And that's where the power of the purse is, guys. Look, my wife, I'd never do any, I never make any major purchase without her input. She's just a better financial bookkeeper and better financial decision maker than I am most of the time. So did you know that the national case acceptance rate in the nation is between 27 and 34%? So when that when the patient goes home and the financial decision maker wasn't in your practice, what's being lost there? They're not able to explain in patient speak why they need that dental care. Then you have practices, established practices, that experience case acceptance rates between 40 to 60%. What is the science behind those patients who don't readily accept your diagnosed treatment? Where do they go? They typically put off their needed dental care until it gets worse. And we all know it gets worse, even more expensive. Many years ago, the American Dental Association published an article called The Million Dollar Filing Cabinet. That cabinet exists in every dental office with docs who have been in private practice for between five and seven years. That cabinet contains patients with unscheduled diagnosed treatment. So many offices have little to no follow-through in following up with that list of unscheduled diagnosed treatment on a bi-monthly basis. We look at that every two weeks, that list we printed out from our software. We don't want to come across as desperate or salesy. In reality, we want our patients to have great oral health care. All of us do. And we want to make money in providing that care to our patients. At least I hope we do. I believe that's 
that's why we went through all those years of schooling and went into dentistry, right? I hope that's uh, part of it. But if not, if you're willing to give it away, uh, more power to you. Let me tell you about something that I learned years ago. I used to have magazines in my practice, like travel, diving magazines. I was really into scuba diving for years. I loved it. And I had a dive magazine uh, on, my, on my tables. Well, two weeks prior, uh, my, my sales rep uh, from Henry Schein Dental comes in, and he goes, hey, Rob, I went to a seminar, and we learned that if you have those types of magazines in your practice, oftentimes patients will see something like a trip they want to go on, or, or they'll see a, uh, you know, in my outdoor magazines, they might see a... a firearm or a four-wheeler or something, you know, like a boat that they want to purchase. And they will oftentimes choose those things over, over their oral health care. And I'm like, there is no way that happens. That's crazy talk. You know, I mean, I was young, ignorant, didn't have the business background that I totally have nowadays. And I was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I mean, that's what went on in my mind. And geez, I even think I told him that that was the stupidest thing I ever heard. Within 10 days, I had a patient come in and she needed a crown, but she saw in one of my dive magazines, a dive in the, in the Caribbean that she goes, oh my gosh, look at this pricing on this. I've priced these and this is like way cheaper. I'm so excited. Can I tear this page out of your dive magazine and, and take it home? Uh, yeah, but you need a crown. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to put that off because I really wanted to go on this trip. Can I just do it next year? I mean, this is like in May. And she's signing up for this trip to go to the Caribbean, like in November, December. And I'm going, uh, yeah, I guess so. Well, guess what I did? I went and threw away all those magazines immediately out of my office. That rep from Henry Schein was right. And all of them, Henry Schein, Patterson, Burkhart, they've all been trained on these, uh, these types of business tactics that oftentimes docs lose or don't know about. They lose uh, insight on that. Grateful for these reps uh, from the companies that come and teach us stuff. Now for the simple truth, offices that provide treatment documents to their patients, which include information as to why their treatment is needed, why it is necessary to fix their unhealthy condition, and explains the type of materials you want to provide to them, experience case acceptance rates between 85 and 95%. Not because their case acceptance is exceptional, it's because they're giving the patients documents that explain why treatment is needed. For years, we've been giving our patients treatment plans with codes, descriptions, and costs for treatment. Then we saw some of the practice management software companies actually put in their patient-friendly verbiage that we could put on those treatment plans, all right? Still, nothing that explained why treatment was needed. Only information that explained what the procedure was about and just like definitions of what a root canal was or a crown. The ADA, the American Dental Association, produced and still produces pamphlets that are well-written about the procedures needing to be performed, um, and they're written in what we call, what we termed years ago, called patient speak. That's what we use on our documents. But still nothing about the why they needed to be, why those procedures needed to be done. Never before has dentistry had such a powerful business marketing tool that helps direct our patients' finances towards their oral health care 
until My Dental Docs was created. It's that simple. No, there's no system out there like it still that's patent pending right now, so there's not going to be a system similar to it. And it does it in a very professional yet simple format. I don't believe for a minute that our competition resides within our profession. I just don't. Our competition resides outside of our profession. And My Dental Docs was developed with that business principle at the heart of its system. That's why, why My Dental Docs is such a successful tool to be implemented in dental practices nationwide. We're grateful for those offices that use My Dental Docs. It's exciting for offices that use it for the first time. I love the emails that come in or the text messages that we get. They're like, oh my gosh, this system is unbelievable. It, just, it doesn't just have treatment planners in it that help promote oral health care and teach the why, but there's consent forms, post-operative care documents, special consent forms. I mean, it's, it's a huge system that's so powerful that I hope all of you take a look at it someday. And if you don't, you know, at least create some documents that explain why you want to do what you need to do. Thank you so much for tuning into the My Practice, My Business podcast. You can find additional podcasts you may have missed that will help you with your dental practice at Apple iTunes Podcasts. And remember to become a subscriber to our podcast. Many of you have asked how to help support the My Practice, My Business podcast. If you have enjoyed the program and information you received today, the best way to help is to leave us a five-star review. Thanks again for allowing us to be a part of your day.